Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. We've got a lot to discuss, folks. We've got Donald Trump appearing in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case, and he's got some words for Michael Cohen. I want to get Cohen's direct response to all of you. Donald Trump just filed a notice of appeal after the gag order was issued by federal judge Tanya Chutkin, and it was quite the order from Judge Chutkin as well. Donald Trump over the past 48 hours has given these bizarre, slurry, dangerous speeches. We'll show you what went down there. And earlier in the day, if you've been watching our live coverage here on the Midas Touch Network, MAGA Republican Jim Jordan was humiliated in a vote to become the Speaker of the House. 20 individuals voted against Jim Jordan. In fact, Hakeem Jeffries received more total votes than Jim Jordan, <laughs> ultimately not enough to secure the speakership based on the fact that other Republicans voted for other individuals. But nonetheless, quite the statement being made as we learn more about what's going on with the next vote that may be taking place today on the House floor. We will let you know. Michael Cohen, how are you doing? I know the brigaders were definitely concerned about your health, your well-being, first and foremost. I got a ton of messages. So how are you doing? What updates can you give us? Um, how am I doing? Uh, you know, I'm hanging in there, you know, right now. Uh, I have another you know, set of doctor's appointments tomorrow and then again on Thursday. But you know, one of my concerns, I wrote about this in my book, Revenge, that I have had a history of blood clotting. Uh, why? I have no idea. Uh, I've gone through all the factors with the hematologists. So it's one of the doctors that I'll be seeing very, very soon. Uh, there is no, there is not another blood clot, which I was extremely extremely happy to um, find out. But there are other issues which, um, you know, I do need uh, to take care of uh, that, you know, are affiliated, uh, again, to, um, you know, to the condition. And without going into too much, because uh, obviously, uh, I don't want this to become the center of attention. Uh, I do enjoy the simple fact that Donald has turned on, and, you know, and obviously they have me on uh, medication. And the problem with the medication is it makes you several things, which is, you know, and I feel sorry for my wife and the kids because, uh, and, and a bunch of people who, you know, have called me, you get very irritable from the medication. Not that I'm not irritable 24 seven anyway, but you become hyper irritable. And on top of that, you become very uh, lethargic uh, and uh, you get tired. Uh, you know, I also have to uh, stand on a regular basis because, you know, my leg um, is, it's very painful. It feels like um, the nerves are on fire, like somebody has uh, a, uh, a lighter, you know, in, you know, uh, touching the skin. And it's, uh, like I said, it's very uncomfortable, but I suspect in relatively short order, uh, you know, I don't expect this thing to last weeks. Um, and even if it does, it doesn't make a difference. I, I made a promise to a very good man many years ago. You may remember when I testified in 2018 to Congressman Elijah Cummings, God rest his soul, uh, I made a promise to him that I would always follow through with um, my commitments to ensure that we always hold uh, truth to power and that we don't allow our democracy to fall into um, into shambles, which sadly it is. Um, and I made him that promise, and I'm I'm not bowing out. I'm not, and you saw it maybe in the, the New York Post, I think was one of the first to put it out. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, he claims that uh, I don't have the guts to testify uh, at this $250 million fraud trial. And so, of course, brigaders, you realize 
we brigaders don't take any shit from anyone. I don't give a damn who it is, whether it's Donald or whether it's, you know, anyone else for that matter. Uh, so, of course, I shot back with a response. If I was afraid of Donald, I wouldn't have written two New York Times bestsellers, testified before the Mueller team, seven congressional committees, 23 appearances before the Manhattan DA, and provided information to the New York Attorney General that is the basis of this trial. Looking forward to seeing you in court very soon. And I do mean that. Uh, I absolutely 100% um, have committed to the prosecutors, I apologized to them and to Judge Angoron, who was a very decent man. Um, this was really bad timing for me. In fact, the interesting thing, you may recall if you go back to some of the earlier episodes here on Political Beatdown, the subpoena was originally for October 2nd. And I was all set, ready to go, going to head myself on in. But you know, the way that defense is playing games, you know, keeping people on cross for two, sometimes three days. Donald Bender, three days. Alan Weisselberg, three days. Jeff McConney, two days. Uh, Patrick Burney, two days. I mean, this is insane. We're never going to finish a trial when you have like between the two of them, uh, close to 200 names on witness lists. There, you know, this case is supposed to be over December like 22nd of, um, of this year. I just don't see how that becomes possible. But, you know, if they're going to, especially if they're going to keep doing this, but I've made a promise and I make the same promise to our brigaders and I never put back this. If this would have taken place on October 2nd, I was ripe and ready to go. It was only a couple of days after that, uh, like the fifth or the sixth that I started to develop the, you know, the pain, uh, in, you know, in the leg, uh, and so on. And, um, like I said, I'm not sitting back. I'm not ignoring it. Uh, I would like to ignore it, but it's unfortunately too painful. So um, I am uh, getting the medical attention that I need, and I do suspect that uh, I'll have this under control in short order. And as soon as I'm able to, you know, sit for periods of time with certain accommodations from the court, meaning I could stand up if my leg falls asleep or the pain gets too severe, maybe I could take a few minute break, you know, here and there just so that I can uh, stretch the leg out and so on, uh, which I'm certain that they'll do. It's a, it's an easy accommodation. I intend on, you know, advising the court, um, again, relatively in short order of, um, you know, the day that I believe that I will be um, okay and ready to uh, tackle the uh, likes of, uh, you know, Alina Haba, uh, Cliff Robert, and Christopher Kais. Uh, as soon as I'm ready for it, uh, rest assured, I'll be there, and I'm sure you'll all be seeing it on television. Well, it wasn't as if today was without bombshells. Every single day, whether you had the Trump insiders having to admit to fraud or be showed notations on spreadsheets that demonstrate how the fraud was committed, or today where you had Doug Larson, the ex-executive director of Cushman and Wakefield, testified today. And what became apparent were that valuations attributed to him in Trump's statement of financial conditions. Larson said, I never made those valuations. So I don't know where they're coming from, but they ain't come in for me. And where they tried to show valuations that Larson did make, where maybe there was a discrepancy of 10 to $20 million, and they were trying to basically say, well, you would agree that valuations are more of an art than a science. If they thought he was going to be cooperating with them after they were trying to act like he created valuations that he didn't, he pushed back on these notions. He's like, I wouldn't exactly say it's an art. Like, what are you, what are you talking you about? Know, but they attributed these valuations. He's like, not, not mine. Right. And one of the funny things that came up uh, the other day is, um, I think it was Chris Kai's in court 
turned around and said, well, you know, we understand that Mr. Cohen is still doing his um, various different podcasts uh, and so on. And clearly, if he's able to do his podcast, he should be able to um, appear in court on his regularly scheduled time. And, you know, the response, of course, that my counsel and I have Donya Perry on this again, the same lawyer that was successful, um, along with Ben Brodsky uh, out of Florida to get Trump to uh, like the cowardly is drop that $500 million lawsuit against me. But, you know, she turned around and she said to the court, uh, yeah, except the only difference is when Michael is expected to testify um, before the AG's um, case or on behalf of the AG's case, that will be for no less than eight hours. And again, they're not going to just keep me for that one day from what I understand from Trump insiders. They intend on keeping me for two, three days. So we're talking about potentially 24 hours of cross-examination between direct and cross-examination. This political beatdown on my mea culpa podcast, we're talking about one hour. And, you know, sometimes like if the video goes solely to Ben, you know, I'll just stand up, shake my, you know, shake my leg out and so on. So, you know, the whole thing is just so ridiculous. They don't know what to say anymore. They just say the stupidest things. And by the way, talk about saying some of the stupidest things. Explain to me after you get a limited gag order, why would you go ahead? And what did Trump do today? He attacked again Judge Ngoron. He he attacked again uh, Tish James, the prosecutors. He went on a all out rant, rum, ramble, you know, mumble jumble sort of nonsensical, um, you know, just tirade against the prosecutors. This case, and by the way. Since, of course, you have to rely upon, you know, people who have knowledge and information in order to, you know, to form some sort of a basis for the opinion. I don't know if you saw this better. You can't make this stuff up. Donald relies upon his wife, Melania, who turns around and says that she believes that this New York attorney general case is very unfair to him. I well, if, don't know. If, 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 Melania, if Melania says that, then uh, watch out, folks. But Donald Trump was in court today. You may, thank, thank you, Melania. We appreciate it. Um, this was earlier in the day. Where, I think it is very unfair what they do to my husband. And it's very, it's very unfair and it's wrong. And they should not be having this case against him. It's not right. What was it like? Would you talk to her? Did you speak to her before? A lot. I mean, a, a lot. Um, you know, she's become very much like Donald, a very different individual. Just ask, you know, um, Stephanie Winston Walkoff, who happens. I mean, I've been friends with the Walkoff and the Winston family for probably greater than a quarter of a In fact, actually, the Wolkoff family, close to 40 years, the Winston family, about 20, 25 years, um, you know, very close with them. And, you know, Stephanie is one of the kindest, um, most genuine people that you will ever meet. In fact, if you've ever seen the movie The Devil Wears Prada, uh, she is the person to whom uh, what's what's her name, the actress um, that she plays as the assistant to um, Anna Wintour. So, you know, it's interesting. She really is the one that helped Melania to become the influencer, to become the you know, uh, what, what would you what would you call her? You know, the socialite of Manhattan. And um, it's just a terrible shame. And if you ever read her book, then you'll understand Melania, like Donald, has become the worst version of herself imaginable. And obviously, we all know why she's protecting Donald. It's certainly, in my estimation, it's not out of love. Uh, it's to ensure that there's money left over for her and Barron, because those are really the only two things she cares about. I'll show you. This was from earlier in the day at the civil. Anne Hathaway. Fraud. I'm sorry. 
Anne Hathaway. You know, sometimes the medicine makes you a little slow. So it was Anne Hathaway. <laughs> you, 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 you got it. This is from the civil fraud trial earlier in the day when Donald Trump arrives and starts viciously attacking New York Attorney General Letitia James. Here, play the clip. We made a loan. We were very happy with the loan. We got paid back. There were no defaults. It was a very good transaction, and he would do it again. He was a very powerful witness. And we have other executives coming in from banks that will say the same thing. This is a disgraceful situation. This is an attorney general, Letitia, that went out and uh, campaigned on, I will get Trump. I will get Trump no matter what. I'll get Trump. I promise I'll get her. We have two tapes on her now that have come out since the trial because people took tapes of her because they couldn't believe her ranting and raving like a lunatic. But just as the Attorney General of New York State, Letitia James, and she shouldn't be allowed to be Attorney General. She's defrauded the public with this trial. She said that Mar-a-Lago, she convinced the judge that Mar-a-Lago was worth in Palm Beach, Florida, the most expensive land in the world, I guess. That, and the most expensive houses definitely in the world, the Mar-a-Lago, the biggest house, the most spectacular place in all of Florida, was worth $18 million, when it's worth approximately, could be close to 100 times that amount. And based on that testimony, and based on her convincing the judge that Mar-a-Lago was worth $18 million, instead of a billion to a billion five, which would sell very easily, which we've already proven, but we'll have people come up and say that and prove it, the most important people, the brokers that make the sales. But based on that, he ruled against me. He ruled fraud. I mean, he said fraud. They are the fraudulent people because they ruled a house that was worth 18, they put down as worth 18 million and it's worth maybe close to 100 times that amount. And based on that, they ruled against me having to do with fraud, which is a big statement, but they are the frauds. Because the house is worth a billion, a billion and a half, 750 million, it's worth a fortune. It's the most expensive house probably in the world. And they said it was worth $18 million. And they don't do anything about it. $750 million, $1.5 billion, a trillion, zillion, guabillion. Like, even when he's... Ding, 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 ding. No... Even when he's up there, he's just just saying wow. worthless word salad. That's dangerous. You know, and numbers. And, and then he's just ranting and ravings of a lunatic for her. Right. Then one of the bigger problems when it comes to the stupidity that's emanating from that hole, you know, that gaping hole under his nose. What he keeps doing is he keeps calling it a house. It was once a house. It was a house built and paid for originally by um uh what's the name uh from the from the food company from Marjorie Merriweather Post yes at that point in time there was certainly a greater value to the property because it could be sold as a residence and in fact i bet if they would have kept it as a residence they may have even been able to you know parcel the property for a greater value than what it currently is right now it is zoned for a social club it is not a home it is a commercial zoning and it's the fact he switches between the commercial zoning versus residential zoning they are not the same i mean it's funny because he what he's doing is he's playing with nonsense and with the fact that most people don't understand that the numbers that they were talking about, and I don't believe it was 18, I believe it was in the 20s, like 23 million, is not the value that they placed on it. It was the assessed value that they had placed on it. And the assessed value is just part of the formula, a part of the formula that's 
then play that's put into the computer system that runs through some algorithm that creates the real estate tax. It was Donald who tried to reduce it, saying it's not an assessed value of 23, but rather 18. And look, here's the nice part. And again, uh, I'm speaking at as firsthand knowledge here. I have had an opportunity to meet with and to speak with the New York Attorney General prosecutors. I've had an opportunity to see the documents uh, or I should say many of the documents. I can also turn around and tell you that um, I have now witnessed uh, some of the decisions that Judge Angoron, um, you know, has made uh, during this trial by reading uh, the various articles that come out about it. This level of stupidity, this level of lies, the fact that he believes he's going to have somebody come in and testify that they would be willing to pay one to $1.5 billion. Who's he going to fly in? Do you think that he's going to ask Jared maybe to ask Mohammed bin Salman, the, de the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, to come in and to say, oh, yes, my friend, I give you $1.5 billion. It does mean nothing to me, you know? I mean, it's just absolute nonsense that he's going to... And first of all, Second of all, let me say this. This is the be this is the better part. Being that it's a social club, people have already paid bonds somewhere between two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a membership bond. These people have to get their money back. And you know, I've never really read through any of those documents, the ones that outline uh, whether or not uh, you know the bond gives them some sort of a ownership uh, in the event that the property gets sold. But it's generally the bond owners, right, that have some sort of a say. I mean, they are the ones, in essence, that have paid for the property. So I think the whole thing is going to be a very interesting tale. But his nonsense and the way that he tries to describe government and the fact that he's now claiming that there's going to be witnesses to I can't imagine a legitimate witness that's going to turn around and say, hey, uh, you know, that property is worth a billion dollars, uh, a billion five. I mean, it's such a stupid number that I, I highly doubt anybody who has any credentials at all are, is going to take the stand and under oath, and I want to repeat that, under oath, attest that they believe that the value is one to one point five billion dollars. Because on on cross examination, you know, I'm sure prosecutors will just turn around and say, "Can you tell me the formula that you intended or that you did use in order to you know achieve this sort of number? You know how how are you doing that? And show me another." you know, another property, a comparable property that happens to be in the Palm Beach area that, you know, sits on the intercoastal, that's the property, the bulk of it, but it does have ocean property, but that's across the street where they have the snack bar, they have the swimming pool, um, and so on. Explain to me how you come up with a billion dollar valuation and what are the comparables? I don't think that that you couldn't. In fact, I don't think you could come up with a number that's even half of that. I don't think you could come up with a number that's a tenth of it because one of the things you'd ask on cross-examination is, did you speak with Mr. Trump, Defendant Trump? Did he tell you that he appraised the value for purposes of paying property taxes below $30 million? Are you aware that for all of these years, he's been paying property taxes with a valuation of this property that's less than $30 million? Are you aware that Mr. Trump fought for a valuation when it came to the taxes bucket, not the let's go to the lenders bucket? Are you aware that he said that the valuation is less than $30 million? Are you aware of the easements that were placed on the property by Donald Trump, the historical easements that were placed to reduce the value so that he could pay less property taxes? Are, are you aware of all of that? And you are telling me that with all of those facts, 
you would pay $1.5 billion? Are, are you aware that you are under penalty of perjury today? Do, do you understand the ramifications of lying? You just rip someone apart with cross. I just did it in, in, in 30 seconds. You rip someone apart. That would be a dream cross-examination when I was a leader for pop, 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 go right through that, show the documents, show where Donald Trump lowered the valuation to pay less property taxes. And then I would say this, so would you agree that it would be a crime? I would use it to convict Donald Trump. Would you believe it was a crime or do you believe it's a crime to intentionally misstate valuations on record. So you're here saying 1.5 billion. Donald Trump said that. So would you agree it was a crime? Because you just stated misstating valuations would be a crime. And then you'd get the person as your own witness to admit that Donald Trump committed a crime. Here's, by the way, Donald Trump from earlier uh, in the day in court. You see him sitting there. You see New York Attorney General Letitia James in the back. Just watch this video is obviously running for president again. He has sort of made this a key part of his 2024 presidential campaign. Um, he seized on the civil fraud trial. And he's sort there's of, James, this, and this is Letitia James, and this is sort of an extension of the campaign trail for him. Mm -hmm. That would be my dream crossing. I'm reflecting on that would be my dream cross. And then I would say, your honor, I'm done. No more. <laughs> next, next witness. Next witness. What do you think? What do you think, Cohen? <laughs> Listen, as you all know, because many of you were involved in supporting, uh, you know, the case, the frivolous $500 million lawsuit that he brought against me in Florida, in the Southern District of Miami. Uh, I, I desperately wanted to be at that table as Danya and Ben uh, and Lillian and uh, and you know and the entire team, uh, you know, hit him up with question after question under oath, and we all expected on the bulk of them that he would either be taking the fifth or he would just refuse to answer it with one of the other. Uh, you know, statements that you could make, I don't recall, I don't remember, I don't know, um, you know, the fifth, the fifth, the fifth. I mean, that's basically what we expected we were going to have a, um, a ton of. But the beauty is that the judge had ruled that if he intended to take the fifth, that's okay. But every single time that they do, it is now on the defense um, side that they have to provide to the court a valid judicial reason as to why they are asserting the Fifth Amendment uh, <clears throat> and that uh, they, you know, and that they would have to put forth a cogent argument. So the more arguments that they do, the more that they would then have to and not just say, uh, you know, could potentially uh, incriminate me in a sense. They would have to do it with specificity. Otherwise, the judge was going to have him come back and uh, under court order, he was going to have him uh, respond to each and every one of those questions. It would have been an absolute ass beatdown. That I can tell you for sure. He would have really um, ass beat an ass beat down like an a ass beat, ass beat down. down. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean it would have been like it would be like an old fashioned Italian you know ass kicking where they throw a blanket <laughs> over you and then just pummel you with a, a beat down. Yeah, with a real beat down. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, and I really was hoping to have you know been a part of it, and yeah, you know, it would have been uh, fun to have it. Um, videotaped and you know <laughs> have that for uh, future posterity <laughs> well you 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 can have this for future posterity michael going this is donald trump in iowa and saying a lot of dangerous things but you know when you watch him here a slurry unwell you know and i and, and this isn't even me trying to you know, troll him or anything like this. It's just objectively watching this. It It is clear that there's something kind of deeper health-wise going on, but I'll let everyone judge for yourself here. Play this clip. Starved Hamas and we took Hamas and Hezbollah and all of the rest that we've never, I don't think we've ever seen where they 
kill babies. Just like I said years ago, we're going to turn Christmas around. Remember, the department stores weren't, re they refused to use the word Chris Christmas. They'd have red, they'd have everything perfect. I said, where's Christmas? Wonderful people one day. I didn't know you had flies in Iowa. <laughs> I hate flies. I want to show you in a I mean, seriously, with that rat's nest and all the hairspray, what did he think? That they were going to go and they weren't? <laughs> That's exactly I want to get your, I want, I want to, I want to get your full response. I'm going to show you other clips from Iowa. Then I want to talk about the uh, gag order and then what happened in the House of Representatives today where MAGA Republican Jim Jordan was just utterly humiliated. <laughs> Before we do it, you know, I mean, I know yeah. it's this is really not a funny situation but it is i mean how that, how about donald's nonsense we we hate hummus and pita uh and so i mean first of all it's hamas let's i mean he doesn't even know how to pronounce it I mean, he's calling them hummus uh you know hasbala which is out of lebanon um another terrorist organization yeah, he's praising as being smart, Netanyahu, Israel. I mean, you really do have to turn around and say the fact that he is as unhinged as he is and worse than being as unhinged as he is, he's still leading as the GOP candidate. It only goes to show you why Jim Bag Jordan, right, the fucking loser that he is, also could not um, accomplish um, you know, the ability to become speaker on the first and so on. And, you know, unlike if you watch the Democrats where they, you know, nominated Hakeem Jeffries, every single Democrat would have voted for him, bar none. And he would, on the first go around, he would have become speaker. I mean, it just goes to show you just how um, unhinged and how, screwed up the entire GOP is right now. As I always say, it, this shouldn't even be a political thing. It's about normalcy, compassion, functioning, evidence, objective data. And that's all we care about here. And right now that's embodied by the Democrats and the broader pro-democracy community who have left the MAGA mutation of the Republican Party as well. We've got a lot more to discuss. I want to remind everybody, and we will announce it in the next 24 hours um, when our next uh, live Zoom meeting is going to be. So if you ever wanted to meet Michael Cohen, you can do that by joining our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash political beatdown. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash political beatdown. We will announce our next Zoom meetup, where it's going to take place, when it's going to, it's going to take place on Zoom, when it's going to take place, um, the time we will announce that you can meet Michael Cohen, ask Michael Cohen questions. We also have exclusive after show content. We have a whole incredible library of old after show exclusive content as well, including it's like a living and breathing autobiography of Michael Cohen as well. It talks about his law school years, why he went to law school, his work before Donald Trump. Trump, what it was like while he was in prison, writing a bestseller while in prison, people he knew there. It's some incredible stories that Cohen just shares exclusively on patreon.com slash political beatdown because we don't have outside investors here. So the way we build this platform is through patreon.com slash political beatdown. And if you're a member of our Patreon, just put in the comments below to those who are on the fence. If you think it is worth it based on the exclusive content that we curate, because I could see people saying, eh, should I join this? Should I not join this? If you think it's worth it and you're a part of it, put it in the comments right now. It's patreon.com slash political beatdown. We've got a lot more to discuss after this quick break. We're brought to you today by Manscaped, who's taken a step up to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil in trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the Swedish treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code BEAT for 20% off plus free shipping. I truly love Manscaped's beard products, and it may be spooky season, but you don't want to go around scaring people with that scraggly beard. 
Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. With the Handyman skin safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness makes this the perfect travel tool for on the go. And for my wolfman with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. This cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard, so no more drawers full with extra add-ons collecting cobwebs. That's right, your Halloween costumes may take effort, but your beard grooming doesn't need to, when you can get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. The Beard Hedger has a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. There's no trick with this treat. Manscaped has you covered. So get 20% off plus free shipping with code BEAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BEAT. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. Heart health and staying healthy, especially when you have a family that you want to be able to spend as much time with as possible, is so important. We all have a heartfelt reason to support our blood pressure. In fact, more than half the US population would benefit from blood pressure support. Superbeats heart shoes are an easy and convenient way to support healthy blood pressure, and they promote heart healthy energy. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in Superbeats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And with over 30,000 five-star reviews and counting, Superbeats heart shoes are having their moment. Superbeats heart shoes are incredibly delicious and so much better than any alternative supplements out there. I take my Superbeats heart shoes each morning and it's really kick-started my morning routine so I have the energy to do my hot takes on the Midas Touch Network. After taking my Super Beats hard shoes, I feel like I have more energy and I'm ready to take on the day. Super Beats hard shoes support healthy circulation so you not only get blood pressure support, you also get productive heart healthy energy without the crash. Support your heart health with Super Beats hard shoes. Get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews and a free full-size bag of turmeric chews valued at $25 by going to the website beatdownbeats.com. That's beatdownbeats.com. Get this exclusive offer only at B-E-A-T-D-O-W-N-B-E-E-T-S.com. That's beatdownbeats.com. Not bad, beatdownbeats.com. They gave us our own domain name. We're we're big time now, Michael. We're Cohen. huge. Dude, we're huge. Beatdown Beats, the valuation is $2 trillion. Beatdown <laughs> beat Beats, it's a $2 billion, $3 billion, $4 billion, I, I, I invented, billion. <laughs> I invented it. I came up with the idea. They stole it. They owe me a lot of money. Beatdown beats. Beatdown beats. It's a great. It's a. It's really tasty, and it's actually a really. They really are really tasty. I, I, I have them. Go to beatdownbeats.com. Oh, everybody! There's we got so many people who join Patreon, and thanks if you are a member for telling people that it is worth it. Patreon.com/slash Political Beatdown. I want to get your uninterrupted reaction, Michael Cohen. This was done. I, I, this is Donald Trump from Iowa, um, and this is a sweaty, slurry, hard-to-watch Donald Trump. Play this clip. Starved Hamas, and we took Hamas and Hezbollah and all of the rest. Okay, we've never, I don't think we've ever seen where they kill babies. Just like I said years ago, we're going to turn Christmas around. Remember the department stores weren't, re they refused to use the word Christ Christmas. They'd have red, they'd have everything perfect. I said, where's Christmas? Wonderful people one day. I didn't know you had flies in Iowa. <laughs> I hate flies. Look, <laughs> he, he doesn't, he doesn't know the reason to stay on script. If he would stay on script, it would actually, there would be a flow to whatever stupidity is emanating from that gaping hole 
underneath his nose. I mean, some people would say it mirrors his anus, but it's actually his mouth. The fucking crazy thing about Donald is that he actually thinks that when he's up there, that he is mesmerizing, that he is, you know, that he's a genius. If you if you went ahead and you get the transcript of anything that comes out of his mouth and you read it and forgetting about the fact that it's Donald, just ask, read it to somebody, hopefully who doesn't know that it was Donald who said it or didn't watch this rally or doesn't know about the rally and read it to them and ask them what their opinion is of the person who is making these statements. One, would you say that they're unhinged? Two, would you say that they're illiterate? Three, would you say that the conversation is circular and babbling, right, with no focus whatsoever? And four, if this person happened to be a politician, right, or wanted to be a politician, could you ever vote for somebody who is as incoherent as this? And the answer, of course, would have to all be in the, you know, would be in the negative. You could not vote for somebody like that. The person is clearly unhinged, that they have no idea what they're talking about. Everything is circular and nothing makes any sense. And it's funny because I've actually done it. I have received some of the deposition transcripts and when reading them, and this isn't just now, I'm talking about when uh, I was at the Trump organization, I would read through the transcripts um, because that was something that we were all told to do. We'd make copies and we'd read through it in order to give him our assessment and things that we would add in, you know, to the end where you could make redactions and so on. And holy shit, I mean, you would think that this is you know, as Mel Brooks put in the movie Young Frankenstein, these are the nonsensical rantings of a lunatic mind. And, you know, that was supposed to be a comedy, right? When they put an abnormal brain into a seven-foot giant. Here, you have an abnormal brain in an alleged six-foot-three, 215-pound body. And uh, ranting and raving of a lunatic is exactly what he does. And that's why it's all projection when he said that about New York Attorney General Letitia James. More from that Iowa speech. To give you some additional flavor, someone shared the worth sharing with the brigaders. I love sharing. Sometimes I'll see the messages in the comments of the YouTube videos and some just stand out, some for their just simplicity and impact. And then I share them on my various social media platforms. Someone wrote to me, Ben, I am 60 years old. And far as I can think back, the speeches from President Biden are exactly the kind of speeches that I'm used to hearing from a great leader of the world. I'm not used to seeing someone who is running for president, acting like a stand-up comedian, running around, hugging and humping the flag and attacking our military. The Republican train has completely fallen off the tracks. Wow. And, And as I'm hearing that, I'll show you this from Iowa. This is Donald Trump attacking our military generals. Our four-star general saying they're the dumbest people he knows. Here, play this clip. And one of them said to me, Millie, he said, sir, it would be cheaper if we left everything. I said, where does this guy come Where does he come from? A brand new airplane cost $128 million, right? I said, you mean you think it's cheaper to leave it than to fill it up with a little, a little fuel Let's, and fly it the hell out? To, even if you just fly it to Pakistan, then you bring it back home or you fly it back home. Most of them can make that journey, right? Oh, it's better to leave it our shot. I don't want to tell you what I had to go through with these people. Some of the dumbest people I've ever met in my life. But we have. You think about it, you have the Republican Party that did the swift boating of John Kerry when he was running for president. And their whole thing was to maliciously and falsely attack John Kerry and basically say he wasn't courageous enough when he was in Vietnam, when he served our country. And he did serve courageously. It was a totally bogus attack that was astroturfed. But just think where we are right now with the Republican Party, where the leader of their party, who is their presidential nominee, just casually and on a regular basis 
attacks our military, attacks our veterans. He just says it. It's not like I got to find the smoking gun. And then you have the individual they want to put forward as the speaker of the House covered up sexual abuse and supported the other leaders' insurrection to overthrow our democracy. That's not hyperbole. Those are undisputed facts. That is the state of the Republican Party today. Yeah. Look, Donald is in a class of stupidity all alone. There is nobody that even comes close to the nonsense. And what drives me somewhat batty is on X, formerly Twitter. Now, I know that there's bot farms and I had spoken personally to Elon Musk uh, going back about seven, eight months ago when he bought Twitter. And I asked him, it was in a, it was in a, um, a forum, and I was one of the five uh, speakers in the forum, and I asked Elon Musk, what are you going to do in order to preserve the integrity of this platform? Because this platform is extremely important to not just you know, to many people to disseminate their ideologies, their, their feelings, but also to provide information. A lot of people, believe it or not, get their information via uh, X, Twitter, threads, etc. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. This is where they get their information. I said, especially when you have these bot farms that are, that are <clears throat> out there right now that are... Um, taking over conversations to an extent that we've never seen. And they become violent and they become uh, really just horrible. The disseminators of misinformation, malinformation, um, you know, misinformation. It's, it's really sad. And he said that they are working on something right now in order to accomplish that. Well, I'm here to tell you that after the eight months or so that they haven't they haven't accomplished shit because if you go on, all you see are these bots that turn around and they continue to spew the same rhetoric, the same nonsense. And well, the point I'm trying to make is Millie never said that to Donald Trump. They, the United States never left $128 million fighters. And by the way, the fighters don't go for $128. They're much, much more than that. But, you know, maybe that's what they sold it to the Saudis so Jared could get his $2 billion. But they're not $128 million. Putting all that aside, Millie never said to Trump, hey, let's just leave fully functioning, you know, aircraft and so on. The machinery that were left were broken down trucks and stuff like that, where they did disassemble the, you know, um, the like, for example, a tank uh, because, uh, you know, the climate, you know, would cause the, um, you know, the equipment to fail. Uh, whether it's dust or what have you, what they would do is they would either throw a hand grenade in there and blow it up, or they would remove all of the technology out of there. It's he makes it seem as if though we just outfitted all of these, you know, um, all of these bad actors with brand new military, and it's incredible how the crowd just lopped it up and then just applauding and laughing and giggling. Are they giggling, you know, because of his stupidity or are they, you know, giggling, you know, because he is now calling somebody like General Milley, a man who has dedicated his life, you know, to this country and to serving uh, the country for the protection of democracy. Uh, I mean, how any of these people, these bots, who all claim to be veterans and military people, how they could stand with a guy who shits on one of their highest ranking officers, to me, is just, um, it's unbelievable. Well, you know, when people are looking to validators, and that's often yeah. the most persuasive thing, they've been fed a diet of validators who validate fascism each and every day. And then they look to legacy media as a validator. And then legacy media puts up the split screen and treats democracy and fascism as just two things that are okay to have a debate about. And so people are uh, consuming 
a diet of corrosive data and info. And part of what we're building at Political Beatdown and Midas Touch Network is a modality of combating that. One of the things that you pointed out that was interesting that I just never thought of that is a little bit unrelated, but I, I want to articulate it to go back to it and, and remember it, as you said, maybe in the military deals with Saudi Arabia, they discounted uh, American military equipment as part of their sales, which ultimately re resulted in an offset such that when MBS gave a $2 billion investment to Jared Kushner, it was part of a unspoken quid pro quo. I had never in my mind um, connected it in a way like that to really probe those deals with Saudi Arabia. But as you st said that, I wrote a note to myself, I want to examine uh, the sale of the military equipment that was made to Saudi Arabia. Was it discounted? And is the discount roughly related to two to $4 billion? And I'll, I'll report, it's gonna take me a little bit of time to do that research. Let me show you this other, sometimes you just say things going on like, ah, you know, let's extrapolate that. Let's not let's not forget so something I sent to you today to put up onto your Midas Touch, um, you know, network um, uh, digital. And that is uh, I wrote a uh, little op ed, which I tried to do at least once a month uh, to post it. This one, it's testifying is a bitch. And I think you'll appreciate that, too, and that you'll understand the pros and cons to testifying. Uh, it's it's. It's quite, uh, you know, it's, it's quite an op-ed, and I hope people then go to uh, your, if you can just tell them where to go to read it. Uh, I spent a good amount of time putting it together, so I would certainly love to, uh, on our next political beatdown, uh, find out how many folks actually read it and whether or not that they uh, appreciate uh, the, you know, the article. I definitely will. It's going to be on MidasTouch.com, everybody's new homepage for all pro-democracy breaking news. It's led by Ron Filipkowski. We've developed an incredible editorial team, and we built that whole team up, again, with no outside investors. We were able to do that thanks to things like the Midas Touch Patreon, our pro-democracy sponsors. And so when I talk about our Patreon, how we built things, where normally people are going out and outside investors. We've been able to do that through things like Patreon, through the emojis on our YouTube and, and other things. I want to talk briefly about this gag order that was imposed on sure. Donald Trump. The key thing to mention in this gag order, let's just turn to page three of three, where it talks about what the gag order includes and what it doesn't include. It specifically states the following. This order shall not be construed to prohibit defendant Donald Trump from making statements criticizing the government generally, including the current administration or the Department of Justice, statements asserting that defendant is innocent of the charges against him or that his prosecution is politically motivated or statements criticizing the campaign platforms or policies of defendant's current political rivals, such as former Vice President Pence, saying criticize the people all you want. That's not what the concern is here. It's not that you can't criticize. It's simply basically saying what is hereby ordered is that all interested parties, everybody, Jack Smith, defend every single person who's an interested party, all interested parties in this matter, including the parties and their counsel, are prohibited from making any public statements or directing others to make any public statements that target one, the special counsel prosecuting this case or his staff, two, defense counsel or their staff, three, any of this court staff or other supporting personnel, or four, any reasonably foreseeable witness or the substance of their testimony. So as soon as this order issued, the written order earlier this morning, Donald Trump appealed it. Imagine fighting that statement right there, that parties can threaten or harass each other. You can criticize, is fine, but you can threaten or harass each other while there's a criminal case taking place. And Donald Trump goes, that's persecution, that's person. It isn't, you're just being treated the same as everyone else. But Cohen, what I'm actually think that Donald Trump's notice of appeal is going to backfire because you know Judge Chutkin as the trial judge, she's got a balance a little bit like, okay, Donald Trump's trying to bait me 
He wants me to issue an aggressive order, which she did not do, so that he could try to derail the trial date in March. And she wants to keep the trial on track. So that's her focus. The Court of Appeals, I think, is going to come down with a hammer and just say, seriously, you threatened to execute uh, a military general, America's, you, you engage, and you are claiming that that's appropriate conduct. Okay. Court of Appeals, don't you dare give this to us, Donald Trump. So I think they come down actually more forcefully on Trump for his argument. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, this bullshit is going to stop. It's going to stop today. Um, you know, no more. They first started by kind of trying to, you know, gently push it in there where uh, they're like, Donald, this is a limited gag order. You can't go after, for example, uh, you know, any staff member of Judge and Gorin, and it was the right thing to do. And their hope, I'm sure if I sat down with Angoron and we were sitting having, you know, a slice of pizza and a Diet Coke, I guarantee he would turn around and acknowledge that his hope was that this would have been a gentle persuasion for Donald to stop the antics. But he's a petulant child. You cannot get him to stop. So instead, what does he do? What he always does, he doubles down. He's not going to accept the fact that a judge, a mere judge, who is a mere judge to judge him? The answer is they're nobody. And so he doubles and triples and quadruples down. And so do the idiots that is standing next to him, shaking their head as he's going on and on, attacking Tish James, attacking the prosecutors, attacking the judge, attacking witnesses. And, you know, judge, and he did it again this time uh, in another case, the one that is before Judge Chutkin. And they said, enough. It's enough. And put, you know, this gag order on that there are things that he can't do. Now, of course, he's going to continue to push the line because he has no respect for the law. He doesn't believe in it. He thinks he is above the law. And so he will continue to push the issue. He's not going to stop making these uh, statements that rile up his maggot base. He's going to continue to do it until ultimately somebody says, you know what? Enough is enough. I've had it. That's it. And they issue a contempt order. And that also is not going to stop him because he's going to have one of these other idiot lawyers that he has now turn around and file, um, you know, a uh, you know, a motion, uh, you, you know, uh, claiming that, uh, you know, the judge is violating his First Amendment constitutional rights, something he knows very well, something I wrote the entire book Revenge about. Uh, Trump certainly knows how to violate somebody's First Amendment constitutional right. The real question is not whether or not that Donald Trump is in contempt, not whether or not a judge holds Donald Trump in contempt. The real issue, the real question here is what are they going to do about it? What's going to be the end result? What's going to be the punishment holding him accountable for these, you know, for this behavior and for his actions? And that brings us to what happened on the House floor today with MAGA Republican Jim Jordan. I think he believed that he was going to get the votes for speaker and he got humiliated um, 20 votes against Jim Jordan. Hakeem Jeffries received more votes <laughs> in this round than Jim Jordan did. Just take a look at that. Jim Jordan received 200 votes. Hakeem Jeffries received 212 because the, all these other MAGA Republicans and other Republicans voted for other individuals. Hakeem Jeffries didn't have enough votes either. Um, but the most up-to-date breaking news is that um, the House is done voting today for Speaker. They're going to come back tomorrow, and it is believed that Jim Jordan is going to force another vote tomorrow morning and by all accounts right now it seems like there's going to be more defectors um, and more people voting against Jim Jordan now here for example is Ken Buck who by the way 
is a very far right-wing Congress member. He's from the Freedom Caucus, but Ken Buck says things that sometimes like I've been agreeing with recently. He's like, look, Jim Jordan can't state that Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. I'm not going to support him. So whereas I disagree with Buck on pretty much everything, that's a point where I'm like, Thank you. You're upholding the Constitution and the oath, and that has to matter. But, Here's Ken Buck. But, just hey, ben, before you even go to Buck, he also turned around and said that Jim has been a member of Congress for 12 years and has not passed a single piece of legislation, that you're going to have the Speaker of the House, someone who has not passed a single piece of legislation since he became a member of Congress. And, you know, that's been repeated over and over again, yeah. too. So let, let, let me show you this. This is Ken Buck moments ago. Play the clip. The narrative that, that is out there. But do other, one, do other Republicans feel the same way you do? They're just not willing to say it out loud? Absolutely. I, I have talked to a number of people who have come up to me and almost whispered, thank you. Um, and, and I know whispered. Yes. No, there, there is. Why are they so? Af I don't understand. Why? What are they afraid of? They're, well, the Republicans who are going to vote against Jim Jordan on the second ballot, which will be more Republicans, more, than, more. Absolutely. Um, uh, want the cover of saying I voted for Jim Jordan, but now it's time to move on. The, the problem is they are afraid of a primary. The calls that are coming in are, are ridiculous. They're, they're in the hundreds, if not thousands, uh, that are coming into every office right now. The grassroots uh, campaign is is very strong for Jim Jordan. Um, imagine being more afraid of losing your primary than losing in the actual election. And MAGA Republicans are now dealing with the fact that their party's gone so extreme that if you're not in a, I mean, it's sad. If you're yeah, not yeah. an apologist for Vladimir Putin now, if you don't attack our military, if you don't attack Ukraine, if you don't attack vaccines, if you don't sing songs with the January 6th insurrectionists, you lose the primary. That's a sad state of a political party. And I mean this truly. I, I want a vibrant and truthful parties. I want, I want to have debate and discussion and are you right? Are you right? But like, these are unserious and dangerous people right now that control yeah. the Republican party. Well, you know, uh, many of the comments coming through. Yes, you are correct. Uh, I said 12 years. It's not, it's actually 16 years that Jim Begg Jordan, you know, the uh, fucking scumbag that he is, to be honest with you. He's just a fucking dirtbag. Not one single bill passed. And, you know, the fact that he, you know, takes the accolades by, you know, the other GOP members of the House as they were nominating him. So proud, right? This, this dirtbag, you know, eye closer to sexual abuse of the students, right? That he's sitting there and he's being honored and awarded for what? For being an election denier, for being somebody who, you know, refuses to, you know, to acknowledge that Joe Biden won the election free and fair and so on. And all he's doing is, again, playing to a party of one. And the question, of course, becomes why? Um, yeah, and this is the guy who you're going to have as the number three in line to the presidency, if God forbid something happened ever to the president or the vice president, what a danger to our society. I really have a true and just a, a total disgust for Jim Begg Jordan. You know, I find that when he sits uh, on these committees like the House uh, Oversight Committee and then the one that he created, which seems to have disappeared, which is the uh, Department of Justice Weaponization Committee. You know, he just walks away because like what happened to Donald, when you push these fuckers up against the wall and you turn around and you express that they now need to come clean, they can't just keep hiding behind rhetoric or false narrative. You know, then what do they do? They just, they cut bait and they run. And that's exactly what we're seeing with this um, Department of Justice, uh, you know, weaponization committee, which was a bunch of horse shit, literally from the, the whole goal was to basically go after Joe Biden, to go after Hunter Biden, who's not even a member of Congress, who's not the president. He does not hold government position like Ivanka and Jared did. And look, you know, 
It's a couple minutes late for it, but nevertheless, it's still still within our time together. Somebody, of course, has to get the two-finger salute, and the only person who deserves it is Jim Bag Jordan for even accepting or thinking that he should be the Speaker of the House, that he is worthy of being Speaker of the House. So Jim Bag, if you're watching me, fuck you. There you go. There you go. And uh, we just released a new video on the Midas Touch YouTube. So to all of our 13,000 uh, live watchers, or if I was Donald Trump, 13 million live watchers right now, to all our 13,000 live watchers, go check out the new video we just released on the notice of appeal that Donald Trump just filed regarding the gag order and why I am confident he's going to lose that appeal. As soon as this ends, go check that out. And now is the time, if you can, to go to patreon.com slash political beatdown. For all of those who are members of our Patreon, if you're a patron, put in the comments below to anybody on the fence if they're wondering, should I join this? Should I not join this? If you think it's worth it, and if you don't think it's worth it, say you think it's not worth it. But I know Owen and I spend a lot of time curating that exclusive content there right now. And if you want to meet Michael Cohen this month, meet Cohen, you get to meet Cohen in a Zoom. Go to patreon.com slash political beatdown. We will be announcing in the next 24 hours when the meeting with Cohen will take place on Zoom. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash political beatdown. To all the brigaders out there, thank you so much. You know, by the way, Ben, before you split... And we let our brigaders off. If you want to meet me in person, I'm actually doing something. I just agreed to it at uh, City Winery NYC in December, where I'm going to be doing a uh, live, uh, almost like a Michael Cohen reacts, just a one-man sort of show uh, here in New York City. I, whoever knew I was so talented. Now I got to go brush up. Uh, you know, I used to play the saxophone as a kid. Maybe I got to start brushing up on that too, you know? No, I, I <laughs> definitely check that out. Go check out the uh, video that's just went live on Midas Touch YouTube. It's called Trump Makes Pathetic Request to Court of <laughs> Appeals. Uh, check that out now and go to patreon.com slash political beatdown. And thanks to everybody in the comments who uh, are talking about our Patreon. And we will record our after show now. It takes about a half hour or so to load it because we don't do we do it and then it goes live after we do it after the show. Patreon.com slash political beatdown. Thank you, Brigaders. We appreciate your support so much. Spread the word. Make sure you're registered to vote. Make sure you register other people to vote who are pro-democracy. And we appreciate everything you do. That's the best thing you can do. See you next time on Political Beatdown.